Web 2.0. Innovation. Trend. Collaboration. Software. Got the world turning as fast as it can? Hear how technology can help, legally speaking, with two of the top legal technology experts, authors, and lawyers, Dennis Kennedy and Tom Mile. Welcome to the Kennedy Mile Report here on the Legal Talk Network. And welcome to episode 251 of the Kennedy Mile Report. I'm Dennis Kennedy in Ann Arbor. And I'm Tom Mile in Dallas. Before we get started, we'd like to thank our sponsor. We'd like to thank ServeNow, a nationwide network of trusted pre-screened process servers, work with the most professional process servers who have experience with high-volume serves, embrace technology, and understand the litigation process. Visit ServeNow.com to learn more. And we also want to mention that the second edition of our book, The Lawyer's Guide to Collaboration Tools and Technologies, is now available on Amazon. Everyone agrees that collaboration is essential in today's world, but knowing the right tools will make all the difference. In our last episode, we talked with our friend Allison Shields about how to level up your LinkedIn game. It's the end of the year, and it's time for our annual recap of legal tech. And we have both a special format and a special guest. That means we have a guest for the second straight episode. Could it be a bit of a trend? Longtime listeners will know that ESPN's Pardon the Interruption show, also known as PTI, with Tony Kornheiser and Michael Wilbon, was one of the inspirations for the, the Kennedy Mile Report from the very beginning. Our tradition is to use some of the elements of PTI for the format of this recap episode. Now, Tom likes to point out that since I'm the older and grumpier one, I play the role of Tony Kornheiser, except that instead of uh, the way Tony always wins on PTI, Tom always wins on this podcast. Tom, what's all on our agenda for this episode? Well, all that you've just said is correct. In this edition of the Kennedy Mile Report, we will indeed be recapping the year in technology, but in a pardon the interruption format. Uh, And this year, we've got a special guest, our favorite fan of the show, Debbie Foster. Thanks for joining us on this episode, Debbie. Absolutely. Glad to be here. And for those of you familiar with PTI, you're going to recognize some of your favorite segments. For those of you who are unfamiliar with PTI, um, we'll have three segments. Uh, The first is toss-up, in which we purposely take opposite sides of a legal tech topic. Given that there's three of us, uh, purposely taking opposite sides is going to be very interesting here. What's the word in which we fill in the blank on a statement about a legal tech topic with a well-chosen word or sort of word? And our own new segment, Buzzword Bingo, in which we categorize a legal tech buzzword as overused, underused, or rightly used. And then we end with a fast response, big finish. To give you, Debbie, and Dennis a sneak preview of the results, as usual, I win every segment. So let's get started by letting Debbie introduce herself real quick to those of you who haven't heard her on the podcast before. Awesome. Thanks, Tom. I'm really excited to be here. Debbie Foster from Affinity Consulting. I am a fangirl of the Kennedy Mile Report and have been from the beginning. And I'm actually going to start lobbying here very soon for the Parting Shots book that Tom and Dennis mentioned a couple episodes ago. But I spend most of my time working with law firms all over the country, helping them really understand how they get their work done and how they can better leverage technology to work as efficiently efficiently as possible. And I use the word efficiently on purpose. We'll talk more about that later. Yes. Thank you, Debbie. And good luck to you in the game. 
our first segment is called Toss Up. In Toss Up, each of us are required to take a different side on each topic. Again, I still don't know how this is going to work with three sides. Each of us argues his or her position. And at the end, uh, again, I declare myself the winner. So we already know how this is going to end up. Dennis, are the rules clear? No agreeing. You know, I disagree about the rules and about the results. In fact, I disagree with the whole system. But here's the first toss-up question. So at least $2 billion and maybe more than $15 billion, depending on how you count it, of venture capital investment has been made in legal tech in 2019. Will that dramatically accelerate changes in legal technology? Okay, some will think that number is high. Some will think that number is low. I mean, by other industry standards, uh, $15 billion for the legal industry, maybe not so high. Uh, but my position is you got to start somewhere. And frankly, we've been starting for a long time. This just happens to be the biggest year of investment ever. And I think that it's a sign of good things to come. It's a sign that people are recognizing uh, the value of technology in the legal industry and um, and are doing something about it. So it may not mean anything for this year. It may be just small potatoes as far as other industries are concerned, but I like what I see and I'm looking forward to the next few years. Debbie. So I'm going to say that if we're talking about small law firms, I think it's barely relevant. And I, I know that might sound um, controversial, but and it may be relevant for larger firms, especially in the litigates, litigation support area. But from a small firm perspective, which is where I spend a lot of my time and just let's say definition's sake, 50 lawyers or less, or even 10 lawyers or less, the small firm market, the very last thing they need is more options when it comes to legal technology. I tell our clients all the time, a confused mind does nothing. And I feel like that's oftentimes what happens when smaller firms are looking at technology investments. So the development of new features, the concept of a platform, I love these ideas. And I'm certainly glad that people are paying attention and investing, but change is slow, user adoption is slow, and I don't believe that money will accelerate that. Well, I'm going to take the approach that it is going to make some fairly significant changes, probably, um, as we like to say about technology, that we, we will underestimate the, uh, will overestimate the short-term effect of this money coming in and will underestimate the long-term effect. But I think there's, it's going to make a lot happen. I think there's potentially a bit of a bubble. I think that, uh, you know, Tom and I have talked in the past and others as well about some of the, you know, there are some very large investments that uh, it's difficult to, to really understand um, how they're going to work out and make sense in the long term. But that's, that's kind of what, what happens there. But I, I think that the capital coming in is going to, to speed up uh, development in a number of, of ways, especially in sophisticated technologies that will roll out in different ways. And I think the big surprise is uh, some of the ways it's going to come out is in the access to justice area as people sort of route around law firms and look at direct-to-consumer uh, technologies and services. All right, our next toss-up is this. The most interesting legal tech developments are happening in the access to justice area. Debbie, you first. 
So I'm going to go first and own up and say that this is not an area where I really feel like I am an expert, but here's what I am hearing. I still hear so frequently that legal services are out of reach for so many people, and it's hard for me to see where the developments in legal technology are really making a practical impact in that area. I totally agree with with this. This is where I'm actually seeing things start to happen. Uh, so document automation uh, being used for uh, pro se litigants uh, for standard court forms, online technologies being used for mediation, arbitration, other things like that. And and also uh, it's a place where people are looking at, at data as a way to improve uh, legal services, uh, justice in general, and get an idea of what's working and what isn't working the system. So I think that if there's one place to watch in legal technology, for me, it's the access to justice area. Okay, so I guess my response is, really, where else are interesting legal tech developments happening other than access to justice? I mean, I don't really hear that there's hackathons being made to, uh, to, to come up with new tools and new apps for, for other areas outside of access to justice. I think those are the, the places where all the innovation is starting to pour, frankly. I think that's where all of the organizations that are trying to send money to things or or to really just on the school level, are looking at is how do we bring legal services to more people? And so I would say I don't see any other place where interesting legal tech developments happening. So I think that the default answer has to be yes. All right, our third toss-up. There is too much focus on new shiny objects in the legal tech world. Dennis, you first. Are you kidding me? I mean... How can there be too much focus on, on new stuff? This is how we move forward. I think that you see what's out there that's new, what's working in other places, how that's moving the ball forward with other things, and, and then you bring it back to law. I don't see that many people focusing on new shiny stuff anyway, and I, most of the time I think it's an excuse for people who, who don't want to, to move past what they already have. Well, I will say there is so much focus on New Shiny. I don't know who's in your Twitter feed, Dennis, but what I've been seeing, it's always about what's the next new thing? What can we move on to? Um, you know, with social media these days, we are always becoming more like the 24-hour news cycle. We have to find something new and interesting to talk about because talking about yesterday's tech is just not interesting. So I, I, my answer is a short and sweet, yes, too much focus on new shiny objects. I think that one of the themes you're going to get out of this show is going back to the fundamentals and going back to the basics are so important that new shiny objects are not the right things to be focusing on. Um, but the sad truth is, yes, too much focus. Debbie, do you agree or disagree with my position? I do agree with your position. I think that shiny objects are a huge procrastination strategy or procrastination tool. I know what I need to do, but I don't really want to take the time to learn about what I need to learn about to do what I need to do. So I'm going to go buy something else, or I'm going to go leverage some other technology, or I'm going to go sign up for this new subscription thing and see if that helps me. That's an easy button. If that's something that's not going to require me to have to stop and think about how I get my work done. And I think that it happens so often that I go into a firm and I say, tell me about the technology 
terminology you use, and they rattle off a list of things. And there's all kinds of duplication of, of effort when it comes to the tools that they have, because they didn't take the time to learn about what they have. And then they heard about this new shiny thing. So I think it goes back to confusion. There's so much focus on it. And I wish everybody would just kind of take a couple steps, steps back, figure out what they have, how to use it, what makes sense in their firm, and then figure out where to kind of plug the gaps on what else they need. And all right, we'll finish with a lightning round and toss up. Here's a lightning round. I guess that means we're going to go really quick, which means hottest new technology or tech trend of 2019. I'll go first. I think the hottest trend, it won't be a technology, it's part of technology, but it's more of a trend as far as I'm concerned. And I'm calling it the rise of the deep fake state, which means at the beginning of the year, we saw all of these websites about this person is not real and this dog is not real. And they, they were showing how artificial intelligence could piece together and make it look like real people. And at the end of the year, we're having stories about Facebook removing hundreds of sites from Facebook because they were all fake and they'd all been created as artificially intelligent sites that that were made to look like people but really weren't. I think we're going to see more and more of this stuff happening um, and it's, I, I think, a pretty big deal. Debbie? So I'm going to go with client portals in 2019. When I was thinking about this, what have people asked me a lot about? What kinds of things are people saying? We really need to figure out how to do this. And I've gotten a ton of questions about client portals. They wanted people want to know how to use them. They want to understand more about securely sharing information. However, client portals can be a little bit scary when it comes to what can the client see, making sure people feel really comfortable with the fact that the client isn't going to see like draft items and work product. And so I have seen lots of interest and questions but execution and user adoption is very low. All right, Dennis, lightning round. Our guest isn't getting the idea of the lightning round. Move it. Uh, I first always think of platforms and ecosystems, but I'm going to go with something uh, that's that touches on that, but is a little bit different, and that is looking at technology as just one part of innovation. So t going back to that notion of technology as tools, the big issue in law is innovation, and then technology is the tool or the means to adopt the innovation. All right, and that's it for our first segment toss-up. And as predicted, I clearly won. What? I don't agree. All right, we've got to move on now to our second segment, which is what's the word? In this segment, we've got a sentence about a legal tech topic with a blank in it. Each of us has to come up with the best word or sort of word to fill in the blank. Dennis, what's our first sentence? The combination of the adoption of the ethical duty of technology competence in many states, I think it's 38 now, and a move by California, Utah, and a few other states to open up or re-regulate the legal profession had a or an blank impact on the legal profession. Tom? Well, clearly, it's yet to be determined. See what I mean by almost a word, kind of a word, I'll say hyphenated makes the word. So yet to be determined impact on the legal profession. 
too soon. Now, granted, we've been waiting I mean, multiple years. I think we're up now to 38 states um, that require the, the ethical duty of technology competence. Um, I think my state, Texas, has finally recognized it. But we still kind of have to ask, what does that mean? Um, I believe there have been some attempts. It's, they've been brought up in some court cases. They've been brought up in some ethics opinions um, or grievances. Um, but I really don't see that there's been a meaningful effect of having these rules in place. Likewise, California, Utah, they're doing, I think, some really interesting things. And they're, I know in California are getting a lot of pushback from lawyers um, in trying to re-regulate the legal profession. And I think that they still have a long way to go there. But while these efforts, I think, are very interesting, um, I think it's still early days. I think it's too soon to tell. And uh, we won't know for, I think, a while yet. Debbie. So my one word, which isn't actually a one word either, but it's definitely shorter than Tom's, is little to no. And I think that as of now, it has had little to no impact, but it uh, it will have an impact. I'm confident that it will have a long-term impact. So I'm going to actually use one word, uh, which is minuscule. Um, other than the fact it's going to make the word re-regulation the most commonly used and most boring term of 2020. Um, so we'll see a lot of discussion of that. I think uh, there's going to be tons of pushback, especially in California. So I think there'll be developments will be slow. But the Utah thing is really interesting to me because they've created a sandbox there and makes me think. Uh, Tom and Debbie, that maybe the three of us should start a legal tech services company as a, as a Utah company and, and see how far we can go with it. All right. Our second sentence. Uh, the one new technology all lawyers should be learning about is blank. Debbie. I'm going with Microsoft Teams because I really do believe that Microsoft Teams can help us with the email overload problem that so many lawyers are experiencing. And my one word is, um, and, and you just gotta. <laughs> what is your one word, Dennis? You just gotta remember that if you're imagining their spaces here, there really aren't. It's called the current cybersecurity attack vectors, all one word. So I, I think that what I think lawyers are, are really bad on cybersecurity generally, as is well known, and I, I think the big problem is just not knowing what's out there and what the current attack vectors really are. Uh, so now it's ransomware. There's some other payment skimming things that are happening, but I think you really need to know what the the bad people are up to out there so you can protect yourself. And my one word was going to be Microsoft Teams, but our guest host uh, was 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 smart and stole it from me because it's she's absolutely right. I think Microsoft Teams is something that everybody should be learning about. So I'm going to choose instead smart assistants. Um, I think that over the past year and 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 in the coming year. The assistants that we use to run the devices, the mobile devices that we have, have become even smarter, have more capabilities, do even more amazing things, and there are multiple ways that they can help us, not just in our job, but also in our personal life as well. And I think that it makes sense to have you understand how to use these tools and how they can help you 
be more efficient, how they can help you be more productive. Um, they're definitely um, worth looking at. So if you're not already using one, or if you're using one, but you're probably just scratching the surface, it would make sense to uh, find a guide on how to use it better and uh, take some time and learn. Excellent. So our third question is, teaching legal tech to law students is blank. And Dennis is going to kick this one off. So my word is challenging uh, because I do it and I know that it's it's challenging, but it's it's also rewarding to me as well. But I think it's, it's challenging because there's uh, a really a lot that can be taught. It's a little bit difficult to focus. And then there is a, uh, a, a sort of lack of balance between what you can teach students and really get them up to speed and then the backward step or two they're likely to take when they go to most law firms. And the word that I choose is that teaching legal tech to law students is expanding. And I don't have any hard facts on this, um, but I'm basing my use of the word expanding on the fact that over the past probably six to eight months, I've either communicated with or gotten email communications from lawyers or professors who are starting up legal technology courses at their law school. And never in the past six or seven, 10, 15 years have I seen that much activity going on at the law schools, at least not to me personally or publicly. So I think that we're seeing it a lot more. I think that law schools are finally getting uh, with it and they are starting to offer it. Um, I think that they will then find that it's the word that Dennis describes, challenging, um, but uh, nevertheless important that we're seeing more law schools uh, taking the plunge and offering these types of courses. Debbie. So my word is essential. I think it is critically important. The only thing that I'm going to add that Dennis and Tom didn't really touch on is I think that what is essential is helping law students understand what is available. It's more familiarity training of legal tech than actual training. I think them leaving law school understanding what kinds of technology are available is much more important than them understanding how to use it. Because oftentimes, with the exception of Word and Outlook and things like that, but oftentimes if they learn how to use a particular practice management program, that at least does give them the experience of what one can do. But if that's not the one they're going to use in practice, it's not always helpful. But I, I think it's absolutely essential. Thank you, Debbie. And that's it for What's the Word? And... Once again, I've racked up another tremendous victory. What kind of word is that? Sorry, Dennis. We've got to go to a break. And before we move on to our next segment, let's take a quick break for a message from our sponsor. Looking for a process server you can trust? ServeNow.com is a nationwide network of local pre-screened process servers. ServeNow works with the most professional process servers in the industry. Connecting your firm with process servers who embrace technology, have experience with high volume serves, and understand the litigation process and rules of properly effectuating service. Find a pre-screened process server today. Visit www.servenow.com. And now let's get back to the Kennedy Mile Report. I'm Tom Mile. And I'm Dennis Kennedy, along with our special guest, Debbie Foster. 
I'm not sure about the judging on this show. Uh, do I get to throw a challenge flag? Debbie, don't you think you, that Tom is definitely doing uh, some home cooking as our referee tonight? Absolutely, yeah. Well, that's it. I'm going to call a delay of game penalty right there on both of you. We need to move on to get this thing in under 30 minutes. Uh, it's time for our new segment. And that's called Buzzword Bingo. Dennis, want to tell us a little bit about it? This is a new innovation for us that might disrupt the whole podcasting ecosystem and open the door for AI and robot lawyers. We saw what you did there. We'll mention a 2019 Legal Tech Buzzword and categorize it as underused, overused, or rightly used. Tom, buzz away on the first topic. All right. The first topic is artificial intelligence or AI, machine learning, and RPA. The trifecta. Debbie. I say overused. Dennis. I'm going to say they're underused because I, I think that people will just kind of throw the terms around and they don't dig into what's what's going on there. I, and, and I think that the potential for change that's happening out there is really great. And I think people just kind of fluff it off and, uh, and like to go back to their to the easy technologies they're comfortable with. Now, you just admitted that it's overused by saying that people throw it around because it is over, over, over. My script says over, over, overused. Artificial intelligence is being thrown at every technology out there. I was at the Association for Corporate Counsel, and every booth that had something said, we're now using artificial intelligence to do this. Well, they had it for years, but now suddenly it means something, and it's important. And I think it is so overused that people are confused and it's blurring the line and, and it's not being helpful to people on, on, uh, on, on understanding what really is artificial intelligence and what's not. Debbie, next topic. Second buzzword is blockchain, and we're going to go to Dennis first. Okay, so of course I think the blockchain is really underused, and I would say that uh, what the word that goes with, or the phrase that goes with, a distributed ledger, which I think would help people understand the potential blockchain, is even more under underused. So uh, what I say is try to figure out what's happening in the blockchain world in the areas outside of law, and I think you'll find that you're going to see some potential and use the word a lot more often in 2020. And so I'm going to say underused, and the basis that I'm going to give for that is that over the past year, you know, last year at this time, I would say that blockchain was the hot topic. And in the past year, I got to be honest, I hear very little about it. In fact, when I see legal, legal technology conferences, they're still having sessions on an introduction to blockchain as if it's some new thing. So I think that not enough is being made of it. Not, I, I know it's being used. I know it's being used to great effect in certain areas, and it can be used to great effect in the legal area. I think that, um, I, I think that lawyers aren't understanding it enough or aren't getting enough exposure to it to make a difference at this point. Debbie. I'm going to say that it's rightly used. I think that I hear about it now a reasonable uh, amount of time versus last year when I heard about it all the time. But I do think that many, many lawyers that I work with don't have any idea what it is or how it would ever apply to their practice. And our third buzzword is uh, cybersecurity. Tom? I think that cybersecurity is rightly used. I think that the right people are sounding all the right alarms about cybersecurity. Not their fault if lawyers or other people aren't following the rules. I think that we're getting the right warnings. We're getting the right information. Um, we're not doing enough about it, but that's not the fault of the people who are using the term. 
Yeah, and uh, I'm going to go with rightly used. I would probably lean towards under if I had to pick under or over. But what I wish we would be doing with cybersecurity is telling more stories about the things that are happening for people who aren't paying close enough attention. Because I think that whole 10 feet tall and bulletproof, like nothing bad has ever happened to me, nor will it ever happen to me, is a real challenge. And I think it's underused because uh, lawyers like to avoid the topic. Um, and I think there's a big gap between what people talk about on cybersecurity and uh, the walk that they walk. And our last buzzword is going to be efficiency. Debbie. So this one is a tough one because I think that efficiency is overused. We're talking about it all the time. I can tell you, though, that it happens regularly. I would say weekly that I'm standing behind someone and watching how they're doing something in Microsoft Word or Microsoft Outlook. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, there is a much better way to do that. Or I talk to a firm about how they're drafting their documents and I'm sitting there thinking, it's 2019. How are they still doing that? So it is definitely something that we hear all the time, but I, and I, but I don't think there's any end in sight for how often we should be hearing it and how often we will hear it in the future. And I, I think it's overused, the same as you, Debbie. People talk about it a, a lot, and they talk about their efficiencies and wanting to implement efficiencies, but typically they don't, they don't dig down very much into it. So people don't look at metrics. They don't look at key performance indicators. They don't look at actual way, you know, the, the lean and other approaches to, to improve efficiency and eliminate waste. Um, so I think it's, it's, uh, it's, to me, it's in a lot of cases is an empty term that people like to throw around as a substitute for actual improvements. And I think we're all in agreement here. I'm going to say over two, but there's a reason that it's overused. And that's kind of echoing what Debbie talks about is it's it's overused because people are so wildly inefficient. And and Dennis, to be honest, I think that it, it, it starts before we get to even the point where we're measuring things or using metrics for anything. It's, it's doing something as simple or as straightforward as learning how to, you know, build that macro or something in Microsoft Word or more ways to do the simple technology that we use. Some attorneys just don't have that down yet. And I think that, um, you know, until we can learn to be more efficient with the use of technology, we're not achieving that goal that we tell people that technology can really make you more productive. Um, because if you're spending more time using it than you really need to be using it, um, you're not going to believe that the that the dream or the reality is, is true, that, uh, that you can be more efficient if you just know how to use the technology. And this just in, Looks like I won again, and that's no buzzword. <laughs> All right, now we're on to the big finish. We're going to answer six questions in 60 seconds. I can't believe we've said we're going to do it in 60 seconds, but here goes. Dennis, number one, actually, Debbie, number one for you. Debbie, your best tech decision of 2019. Hands down, my Surface Laptop 3 Platinum 15-inch, screaming super fast. It could use another port or two, but I love, love, love my Surface Laptop 3. Dennis. Oh, this is going to be a, this is going to be an easy one for Dennis. 
best legal tech book of 2019? Well, this actually is a little tricky because I like both of my books, but I think my innovation book is more about innovation than tech. So I'm going to go with the uh, Make LinkedIn Work For You book that Allison Shields and I uh, just just published, um, which I think is a great resource on LinkedIn uh, for lawyers and other legal professionals. And Debbie, you've got me convinced that I got to talk Tom into doing the Parting Shots book for 2020. Agree. Tom, as the biggest Google fanboy in the world, what's the best Google product of the year? I got to say it's a toss up and there's really no, there wasn't a new Google product that I really liked this year. So I'm just going to say that my toss up is between Google Photos or Google Assistant. If you're not using Google Photos to store your photos, you're really missing out on a very smart, interesting tool that it just got better this year. Now can print from Walgreens or CVS um, just by pressing a few buttons and you can go pick up prints. Um, it, it's just a, a great all-around photo manager. And like I mentioned before, Google Assistant, um, well, I didn't actually mention that I thought Google Assistant is the smartest, but now I might as well since I've been, no mistaking me as being the Google fanboy here, I think it's the smartest assistant out there and, uh, and, and the best one for people to use. All right, Debbie, what tech do you most want your lawyer clients to explore in 2020? This is really sad, but what I really want them all to do is move their stuff to the cloud one way or another. There's a lot of different ways to get there, but that's really, really what we're going to be focused on working with our clients on in 2020. And then I'm uh, going to throw this out to Dennis. Dennis, your favorite new app or technology for 2019? First of all, I love the cloud um, and have for a long time. But my uh, my favorite technology is actually a combination of uh, AirPods and the Spotify uh, music service because I love soundscapes as providing me the, sort of the audio background to help me work better. Um, and I just think it's a, just an ideal com- combination of uh, and, and a great way to use technology in a, in a truly uh, efficient, can I say that word, way. And Tom, your best tip for 2020. Well, my tip is learn how to use the Microsoft Office 365 products together. You know, five or 10 years ago, we would have been making jokes at Microsoft's expense on the products that they were offering. Um, But now, uh, just seeing how well they work together, the Office Suite with Teams, with SharePoint, with OneDrive, they all integrate together so well that makes it so easy to be productive and efficient. Um, It's it's hard not to, 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 to ignore that. So please, if you're already in... Officers 365 World, learn more about how to use all those tools together. Well, that was our quick look at 2019, and we're ready to move on to 2020 with a bunch of great new topics and ideas to share with you. Thank you, Debbie Foster, for joining us, and a happy new year to all. And so that wraps it up for this edition of the Kennedy Mile Report. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes or on the Legal Talk Network site, where you can find archives and show notes of our previous episodes. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can reach out to us on LinkedIn or leave us a voicemail. That voicemail number is 720-441-6820. So until the next podcast, I'm Tom Mile. And I'm Dennis Kennedy, and you've been listening to the Kennedy Mile Report, a podcast on legal technology with an internet focus. If you like what you heard today, please rate us in Apple Podcasts, and we'll see you next time for another episode of the Kennedy Mile Report on the Legal Talk Network. Thanks for listening to the Kennedy Mile Report. 
Check out Dennis and Tom's book, The Lawyer's Guide to Collaboration Tools and Technologies, Smart Ways to Work Together, from ABA Books or Amazon. And join us every other week for another edition of the Kennedy Mile Report, only on the Legal Talk Network.